Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. How is everybody doing? My name is Tiffany E and I am one third of the hosts of Down for the Count. And on behalf of Alexis and Nicole, we'd like to welcome you back to our show. So, of course, I missed last week's episode of Down for the Count. I was supposed to upload the Backlash review. I was supposed to give you all the deets on the wrestling news that we came across. And Auntie did forgot. So, my bagels. But don't worry, we have that episode ready to go for you. So if you guys are ready to listen to what we have to say about all of the tea that had been spilt last week when it came to wrestling, including the results of Backlash, then I hope you guys sit tight and enjoy this episode of Down for the Count. Don't worry, the episode is March, so you can skip all the way to the end if you just want to listen to Backlash, or you can listen to the rest of the podcast, which I highly recommend, because it's very, very good, where we talk about Randy Orton and his statements about Black Lives Matter, Paul Heyman's demotion, the Saudi lawsuit and deal gone wrong, and of course, we cover everything in between. So if you want to hear all of that and more, then stay tuned for the rest of Down for the Count, and I'll see you guys in there. With the juicy stuff and then in with like the reviews of like backlash and stuff. Hold on. Because right, what's fresh is is the Saudi deal, this Alexa Bliss situation. So I say we do all that that stuff and then go to backlash, NXT, AEW, and SmackDown because we didn't talk about SmackDown either because it hadn't happened yet. Carly, cut out this done. I want to start with Bliss because that's like really, really fresh. All right, we'll do Bliss, Saudi, other news, and then we'll do Backlash. All right. Okay, who's going to do the intro today? Um, I can do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. All right. Okay, everyone. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning back into Down for Account podcast. Yes, quarantine is somewhat over. Please wear your fucking mask while you're outside. But I'm Nicole. (laughs) And with me is Tiffany Alexis. Say hi, guys. Hi, wear your goddamn mask. Wash your fucking hands. (laughs) Shit. My five-year-old knows to wash her hands. You grown-ass people should, too. (laughs) sorry okay so we got a lot to cover in this episode and we're gonna try to make it as we the the toppings are interesting enough and at least two of them are superiorly serious so y'all gonna have to bear with us on this one and just really pay attention we're gonna start with alexa bliss now, I know everybody is not always a big fan of Bliss, and I can be one of those people. Sometimes I'm I'm okay with her, and other times I'm just like, mm, all right. But that's normal, right? Right. The situation that she's in is not normal. So I've noticed that even since she made her main roster debut, and a lot of people have noticed that she gets a lot of messages about her personal life, who she's with why she won't tell anybody, um, and they're always trying to expose her for some reason, and it's really, really distraught, like, it, like, it, it makes you, it's unnerving, 
when you look at how she's attacked. So currently, Bliss's Twitter is private. And it's mainly because she keeps getting these weird-ass, eerie messages about her sex life and about who she's with and why she isn't saying anything and how he's been... I can only go by what they said, so I'm going to let you guys hear what they said, and then I'm going to let Alexis and Nicole chime in with their thoughts about it. So there's an account. I'm going to put it out there because I don't give a shit, okay, because it's messed up. The account's God, Leafy God, and um, they tweeted it. They basically posted this on Instagram. I have a problem with the person who posted it on Instagram and I have an issue with the person who's attacking her and I'll explain when I'm finished. So the person who's attacking her is the guy Abetus, okay? And basically he says, she tells him in a, in, a, in a message and it says, you have been severely harassing my life for months on end now. You need to be done, move on. He says in response, I'm not stalking you. I post pictures of you and Ryan just like the rest of your fan base does. Which mm-hmm. is not necessarily true because there are a lot of a lot of Alexa Bliss stands that are like big on her. And I only see them posting pictures of her specifically, pictures of her pig, you know, stuff like that. I don't never really fan see cams. They yeah. do her actual like real fans. They do make some really good fan cams of her. So Yeah. Like I don't really see a lot of her personal life, unless she posts a picture of her personal life, then they'll, you know, rip off the picture and then make it on their page. Like, oh, congratulations, that kind of stuff. Other than that, I don't see them doing stuff like that. She's very low-key when it comes to social media. Like, she, like, I think even on her Instagram, I think at one point I looked at it and it had more pictures of her pigs on it than it did her. Right. So... I, I find it to be very odd, number one. Now, moving on, they continue their conversation or their back and forth continue. Alexa said, ha-ha, not even close. Please get a new hobby other than stalking my life and making up stories that are galaxies away from being accurate. Thank you. The guy be just responded, you can't even tell the truth about dating Ryan. Didn't you say you wasn't dating him? God knows how many times. Making out that people were lying, claiming that woman was false, but now he's living with you? And so not everything you say is exactly truthful. Hypocrite. Um, What is it to him what she does in her personal or private life? I don't even know. And, I, and here's where it got even more interesting. Okay. Here's this guy leaking account, egging it on by posting it. There we go. Much appropriate for the kids. Alexa Bliss better cover up. No one wants to see your 60-year-old face and body. Come on now. Let's be a bit more respectful. Now, I'm believing this is alluding to her. There's a picture of her. There's a gif of her on Insta- on Twitter where she had on a shirt. She had a sports bra like underneath it and she took it off. And um, she was sitting there in her sports bra and everything, which to me is fine. I don't have anything, you know, that do what the fuck makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
she responded and said, leave me alone. God, Leafy God was the one who made this response and said, guess what? You treated me like shit when I was a fan. Dedicate myself as a fan for nearly five years. But seeing it as of late, you've been liking the same fans over and over again. I'm sick of this shit. Do you know how many mentally damaged, how mentally damaged you did to me? What? Oh, wait a minute. If you actually appreciated me as a fan, I would be the person I would have turned out to be today. Think about it. Now, I'm going to keep this all the way 100. Some of you motherfuckers is crazy. Okay? Y'all have truly lost your goddamn minds. Okay? This woman is a wrestler. You're a fan. Now, if she likes a picture of yours and you think y'all best friends out of that, you have lost your damn mind. You are crazy. Thank Every you. one of y'all, especially you two bozos, I don't know what kind of ganja you smoking, God, leafy guy, and I don't know what kind of what kind of coke you've been snorting lately. What you own, if it's crack, you need to leave that shit alone. If you still taking that, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to let that shit go, bruh. Just, just stop. Because first of all, did she come to you and ask you to be her fan? No. That's a choice you made, number one. Number two, another choice you made was to constantly support her and big her up on social media. Your fault. She ain't begging you. She ain't asking you for shit. So my question is, how you gonna blame her for your sure for what's going on with you when you did all this on your own by yourself? Okay, you need to calm the fuck down. Like y'all posting shit on social media and going at this woman and atting her all day long for what? That don't get you nothing. That means you have nothing to do. You have no life. You either got a job and you ain't paying attention to that because you're so busy worried about. What's going on with Alexa Bliss on social media? That's sad and pathetic. You need to get your shit together. As far as you, Abidus, like, you don't post the pictures of this woman with this man and mad because she said that it's not true. This her prerogative to tell who she's with and what she's doing. You cannot force her to decide when she wants to come out with her relationship. That is her choice. And for you to be so disrespectful to invade her privacy like that, I wonder if the tables was turned, would you be so inclined to just be okay with that shit? Because you'd be pissed too. What if you're still trying to get to know the person, you're still trying to rock with them, and here you come invading their privacy and you posting pictures of them? It's disrespectful. Just more of the story, mind your fucking business. Just on a personal level, it's like, you know, this is why certain wrestlers don't answer back fans on social media. I mean, it's like, we've all had interaction with, like, people we like. We've gotten, you know, tweets liked. We've had pictures liked. We have had comments liked, whatever. But you know what? What that does, it, it makes us happy, and we go about the rest of our day, especially if we're having a shit day. You can at least be like, at the end of the day, be like, oh, well, at least Jimmy Havoc liked my stupid My Chemical Romance joke, okay? All right. But that doesn't mean I have the right to sit there and bash him. And I don't know what it is about Bliss, but she gets so much fucking hate. And I never, and it's always from grown ass men. That's what creeps me out the fucking most. It's always from like grown ass men. Cause I would understand if it was like a little, like a little kid or whatever, acting like this. It's just like, oh, he's horny. 
and he lives in that world where he's going to grow up and marry Alexa Bliss and they're going to raise pigs together or whatever. But it's always like these creepy ass old men, like men our age that do that. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, ugh. Because there, there was a story that came out, I want to say it was earlier this year, because I saw the screenshot from somebody, but nothing ever came out of it. There was a producer at Fox that was apparently stalking Alexa Bliss. Like, he would show up when she would show up. Oh. And, you know, like, and he was like, apparently he was one of the very few, like, one of the few, one of the two people who called TMZ and linked it to them that her and Ryan Cabrera were are either dating, hooking up, doing whatever behind closed doors. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't give a fuck who they're fucking because that's really none of my goddamn business. It's nobody's goddamn business about who you fucking in your bedroom or on your couch or wherever you tend to bump uglies at. But, um, ooh, it's got a storm outside. But I don't get it. I don't understand why so many, why it's men who's doing it. Like, so many men wrestlers. Like, I was on her Twitter once, just looking around, because she was posting pictures of her pig, and I don't think I ever told you guys this, but I've always wanted a pet pig. And I'm like, these little guys are so cute. And I was scrolling down, and it was like a picture of her. She was wearing this, like, a V-cut shirt, like, you know, normal V-cut shirt, and she was holding her pig up. And someone goes, it's like, this says a comment like your pig's about the size of your boobs i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you like you did your did your mother not hug you enough as a child or beat some fucking sense into you because either way you're lacking something guys are gross is the only way to explain it they're just gross i don't know what it is about bliss that pulls them into this little negative space but she's She's no different from any of the other women that wrestle on the roster, but they're very fixated on her for some reason. And I imagine it would have something to do with the fact that she's very petite. She, um, and she's, she's a nice looking girl. She has a very great, she has a good shape. Body wise, she's a very good looking woman. So I'm not surprised that people are infatuated with her. What I am is I'm creeped out by their, their fixation with her and it's just like they said shit like um like she lost a hundred thousand followers on her instagram shortly after this exchange with these two idiots and this person came in god leafy god he goes looks like adalexa bliss fucked up after that comment she lost a hundred thousand followers pathetic thanks the, and thanks the guy of Beatus for exposing this liar. I would rat, venture out to say the person who's pathetic is trying to go after a woman because she refuses to release who she's dating. So the egg's on you. None of our goddamn business who she's dating, who she's I, fucking, I, who she's meeting up with. It's none of her fucking business. I just you, well, I feel like she has quite a she has a lot of fans who are like that. I remember I I don't I'm pretty, it wasn't the same guy, but it was very separate. It was this guy and a lot of people were calling him out on my Twitter and flaming him because he was fucking creepy. Like he literally was talking about how he would 
DM her every day. He would like DM her every day and he would like at her be like, please DM me. Like, I need to talk to you. Like, I'm going through this and blah, blah, blah. Which I know, I guess she does try to from time to time. I know she'll have like, like a lot of like girl fans who like have like eating disorders and stuff and like reach out to her. And she's like, <laughs> I guess she's really good about like talking to them. And, like, making sure, you know, they get help and all this other stuff, which is fantastic on her. Again, that's nothing that she has to do. <clears throat> and her weirdo fans found that out, and they're basically just using that as an excuse. People need to realize they are not your friends. They are not your therapist. They are not your mom. They're not your fucking dad. They're not your brother, sister, no one that you know. If you have these problems you need to seek professional help and you need to get on medication and you need to talk to someone point blank simple that is not her responsibility she does not owe you a fucking thing she isn't she could be alexa bliss could be fucking everyone on a wrestling roster from wwe to freaking um new japan and that's her business. And it's none of anyone else's business for her to share that. She could literally be, she could literally fuck someone on national TV and you tweet at her and ask her and she says, no, that's her business. Again. True. That's it. Not her business. Get I some help. I think it's just funny is that these guys will sit here with the um, anonymous of the internet and hide behind these usernames. Like, first of all, I don't, I think Alexa Bliss has a little bit more to worry about right now than losing followers on Instagram. Um, she's more worried about being able to perform while there's a viral pandemic going on. Mm. So I think she's more worried about that. I think she's more worried about making sure she doesn't get sick, making sure that her coworkers don't get sick, making sure that we're trying to make this, they're, that they're more worried and focused on their career right now. I don't think they give a fuck. And honestly, if she, if those people were that bothered by someone whose personal life, who again is none of our fucking business, gets all up in their feelings about her fucking somebody or her dating somebody, it's none of our concern. Then they really didn't give two fucks about her, like as a as an athlete or as a wrestler. So. I'm just, but if they met her in real life, they would be like, oh, Alexa, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so great. Like, they would be one of those fans that would be kissing her ass so fucking much. And I just feel really bad for her. I feel like, and it's not for her, because I know other women wrestlers get it too. But I feel so bad for her because it's just like every, it's like every other month something happens where she locks down her Twitter and her Instagram. And people like call her all these names and I'm like she really like what Tiff said she owes or Nicole you all said it probably she owes nothing to you like I mean who had okay raise your hand if you like added that somebody in a tweet and they never got back to you did you get all upset and be like I'm gonna expose you and blah blah no you just move on I with don't your- give a shit because you're just like, look, you know how many times people probably at somebody a day and they probably just don't see everything? So 
especially the annoying ones. Like if you do it every single day by the same person, they're probably sitting there going, this person's freaking crazy. Like they have no life. Why are they doing this like every day? I think it's that initiative where people take over the wrestlers, um, or at least in WWE wrestlers get their social media taken over by somebody else. Yeah. This I think she should have been done that. I've been hearing stuff like that from her fans for forever, and I low-key, and the first time I heard that, she does not need to be on her own social media. And that, from what I hear, Bliss is a pretty, she's a pretty calm and mellow person backstage. She doesn't like starting fights or having conversations or making plays. She likes to stick to her own thing, so she's not going to say anything if she's being harassed or anything like that. She's just going to try to handle it on her own. I would, if that was her, I would hire a social media manager of my own. I mean, I would just go find someone online who's credible, go to Fiverr or something like that, make sure they have references that they're good at what they do, and just let them do the tweeting. If she wants to go live on, like, Twitch or something like that, she can do that. But somebody else needs to field out her account, block certain offensive words, block certain people who are on there so just she doesn't interact with these people. It just needs to go that route from here on out because – at this point, that's fucking with sanity because of how they're interacting with her. She constantly sees it 24-7. I'd block your ass 100%. I would never see anything you post. I would block everything that has to do with you. Your name, hashtags you use, all, all that shit. I'd block it. Because it, it's, just, it's just disrespectful and it's entitlement. It just seems... It just screams entitlement like you got the gall and the balls to come to me and call me a liar because I won't tell you who's up in my coochie. Who the fuck is you? I'm not messing with you. So what difference do it make? I'm not understanding, Cece. (laughs) I feel bad for I think she, I do agree. I think she needs to do a social media manager. I also think she needs a higher security. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just worried now because for the time being, all WWE shows are being taped at the Performance Center. And now I'm just kind of worried because, people, you know, I'm kind of worried now that these guys are going to come up to the Performance Center and try to hurt her. But, oh no, they, no, this performance center, they don't even drive to the Performance Center. No. No, because there's only one way to get in. There, you can only go on the performance center a particular way. There are exits available, you know what I'm saying? But you can only get in one way so that they can control who comes in and who comes out. Otherwise, they would have a bigger problem with the coronavirus still being out. That shit is locked down. Furthermore, they got more security at the performance center out in full sale than they did originally. Yeah. Everybody knows and plus four. And plus for the roster members, this is everyone, this NXT and main roster, they're not even driving to the Performance Center. <clears throat> they drive to whatever locations they tell them, and they leave their cars there, and they put them on a bus. Oh, and they shit. bus them to the Performance Center. Well, so that, not, they're not even driving like, up there. Military compound shit going yeah. on. And then plus, 
and they test because they have to do so many different checks and stuff when you go in there now. So yeah. it's easier for them to have them on there. <clears throat> and I know a couple people who live within that area and they said it's and you know they go by full sale every once in a while and whatnot and they said it's like lockdown, lockdown. So mm. that part can kind of rest your mind a little bit on. But um yeah, I I think what um Nicole said is she do need the higher security. She do need something to help protect herself. Um, social media is a lot of people. And I don't understand why people feel so entitled and so privy to your personal life and all of that. Like, you really you really just need to sit and eat your food, bro. Like, real talk. So, have you seen this thing working on Instagram? Uh, speaking of bliss, it's like, um, I just kind of mess around on Instagram when I'm bored and I just go check out like different like sites like different pages and stuff and sometimes when I go under the comment section I, I wish I wrote down the user's name because I wouldn't want to put them in class but they can most of the time to say his name um, there's an account going around on Instagram commenting under different wrestling stuff about how they're Conspiracy, conspiracy theory was that Triple H abused Alexa Bliss and then forced her to be in a relationship with Buddy Murphy. What? I'm like, what? I'm not making this up. That is some psycho shit. And I'm uh, who has time for that? Right. And it's just like every and I've seen it under. I wish I got your. I wish I got your username. Because apparently you like Drag Race, my dude. I've seen your comment on, under some Drag Race stuff. So I'll find your name again. Um, it's just like some dude with like no screenshot, like no profile picture. And he's like going around saying like Triple H abused Alexa Bliss and then she, he forced her into a relationship with Buddy Murphy and he was abusing her. And I'm just like, why are you guys so fucking psycho about this woman? Just leave her the oh. fuck alone. That is so, I that makes me very concerned for her. I don't like this. Yes. Alexa, you're probably not listening because you got other better things you need to do. Um, literally, like as soon as these people don't run your social medias anymore, mm-hmm. hire security and have a private investigator. That. I just, I want to know, like, my one friend in California, he is in love with Alexa Bliss because, but he was always into, like, women who look like that. And, you know, when he sees Alexa Bliss, he, you know, he doesn't go, like, you know, cartoon animal. He probably does, but he can, like, you know, constrict himself. But he just says, you know, she's a very good-looking woman. And I said, okay, well, at the end of the day, do you, like, because I was talking to her when I saw that thing on there, and he's like, he goes, look, She's got more important shit to do than sit around on social media and fucking write everybody back, thank everybody. And he goes, first of all, I think that's creepy that myself, a grown-ass man in my 30s, is sitting up on social media all fucking day hoping to get a response from Alexa Bliss. I'm really hoping someone I know says, dude, you need to get a fucking like. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm like actually legit fucking scared for Alexa Bliss now. I am too, and I don't like that shit. And um, 
And FYI to any of these weirdo people, if I see you and you are bold enough to have your profile picture and I see you at a show, like your actual profile picture, what you look like, I will punch you in real life. Like, I'm not kidding. So don't go to no show where I'm at. Or you can and we can test this out because I don't I don't do that. Same goes for we goes might give we might give people shit on here, especially like certain women on here, but we believe in protecting all women. So no wish no harm on nobody. No. So I wish no I'm harm gonna smack you. None of that. Yeah. I just what's me is just we were talking about this I think last month on the show where those guys found where Arn Anderson was living at and they just rolled up to his house at like seven o'clock in the fucking morning and woke him up. Yeah, he was too nice because I'd have fought someone. Thanks. I for real would have fought somebody. The fuck That's out the of here. Yeah. That's when you call the police. <laughs> like or go to the door with a with a piece. Okay. Yep. And like, um excuse me, what the fuck do you want? And how you get my address? Get your ass off my doorstep before you get a cap in your ass. Because you trespassing. And I got the right to shoot you. That's so. when you get the meanest fucking dog you can find and you sick it on them and just be like, good boy, and do your new, do your new chew, chew, yeah, chew toy. And just go back <laughs> in the house and be like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have waffles for breakfast. But I'm legit fucking scared that they're going to do that because, like, you hear all these stories about, like, stalkers finding like the people they're stalking or they're harassing like there was um I'll, uh, we can move on after this but there was a story over in japan where a j-pop star like some obsessive male fan found out where she lived because of a like she was being interviewed like outside her house by like a television studio or something yeah and the guy she, they're like you know trying to be real careful not to show anything, trying to be respectful to her to keep her privacy. The guy managed to find out where she lived at because of the reflection in her eyeball. That is crazy. I'm just like, think what the good you guys would do if, like, you know, you actually used your craziness for the good of the world. Well, we're decent people. All right, that too. Well, let's move on to something else that may be not as, as deep as that. But Paul Heyman was demoted. But just so y'all know, it's on site. Thanks. You, har- you harass these women's wrestlers, it's on site. Just and talk to the fans, too. Like, I don't like how female fans get harassed either. And they're getting sexually assaulted at shows and all kinds of things. And nobody's saying anything. I don't know who you are if this is happening to you when you go to a show, but don't go to a show by yourself. Mm-hmm. Find somebody to go with you. Stay together in a group. And if something like that happens, report them. Like, find the security and tell them that they're doing it. So if they don't do anything, then you need to start blasting shit on social media so people can not support them, okay? Because yeah. that's not yeah. cool. Get a fucking TikTok and, like, re- turn around and record the guy following you and, like, just keep posting it on social media, post it on Facebook, whatever. Because, you know. They're not always going to protect us. Sometimes we have to protect ourselves. So just be very, very careful. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the reality is I'm just seeing too many horror stories on Twitter 
and Instagram and on TikTok about women going to the shows and being sexually assaulted by drunk wrestling fans. And women are doing it to women. See, that's that's wrong right there, ma'am. Like that, we shouldn't be doing that to each other because we, um, when we were talking to Terry, um, he, we met him through Nicole. We, he, we did a slight thing with him. Go check it out. Um, and he, when we told him, all three of us told him that, yeah, female wrestling fans get harassment from both sides. And they're just, he's like, really? We're like, yeah. He goes, I, I didn't know that was going on. I'm like, dude, it's been going on since I've started watching wrestling in 96 and it's 2020. So not much changed. And the funny thing is that same night, because you remember how I told you how that guy, how, you know, the, unfortunately, like the whole thing with Shad was going about before we knew, unfortunately, when he was found and this guy was like ranting off about how like someone like it was under someone's post and he was just talking about how WWE hadn't said anything and then everyone was like well they have like even like Vince tweeted from his account which I mean he never does unless he like unless he cares but he actually likes Shad and crime time in general but and then he was mad because of, like, because obviously that was also the same week of the Owen Hart um, Dark Side of the Ring. So everyone's was also, like, emotions were high. So, and I, like, was trying to explain to him. I'm like, I could be, I was like, I understand that you're mostly upset about that. But I was like, this isn't the appropriate, like, type of post for you to be leaving all these frustrations about that i was like there's a whole nother thread about dark side of ring i was like let's talk about it there and then he just started like popping off about some weird stuff and that's when he was saying how like stephanie hates black people and like some other weird stuff and i was like dude i was like you really yeah it was just really weird and i was like dude i was like i was like i think you need to like chill out and like maybe go outside for a second like take a walk (laughs) <laughs> and then he like just damn. and he like he said something else and then he called me a bitch and then yeah the whole, and, like I didn't even like blink about it so I was just like okay whatever but like t- like Terry saw it and like he and he started jumping on him and then the two guys who are the admins for the group was like no he's like no we he's like we don't talk to women like that over here and then he kept and then they were like well you need to apologize and then he was like and then more people started getting on him and i was like at this point i'm like i don't care and then terry messaged me he was like he was like we were literally he's like you guys were literally just telling me about that he's like this is fucking crazy yeah that happens all the time i'm surprised he never saw it and you know just women but fans don't, also don't pay attention to social media like that either so that's probably another thing but my, my thing is too it's like it's women going after other women like you know we're already such a small subset even though it's not as small as it used to be but we are still like women female rest like legit female wrestling fans we are still a sub small like small subset and a very large group and yeah. we fan wise, we don't need to be tearing each other down. There's favorites that Tiff and Nicole have that I don't like. There's Tiff's there, there's favorites Nicole have that me and Tiff don't like, and 
Same goes for Div. She likes certain people. Me and Nicole could care less for them. Correct. What you know, <laughs> like you know, sitting there and getting mad because you know I I'd say one time that Kip Sabian has a great match and then all of a sudden you're on me telling me 20,000 reasons why I shouldn't like Kip Sabian. And I'm like, bitch, all I said was I liked his match. Why are you coming with me? Like, I mean, we've all seen it. And it's just like, we, like us as women, like even right, like right now with this climate, we need to put the bitchy side to the side and start looking out for each other. I agree. We're going to move on. Paul Heyman Heyman was demoted from um, head of creative and an executive position at Raw. And Bruce Pritchard in 15. What did you say? Pour one out for the homie. Oh. (laughs) And Bruce Pritchard and his team was promoted to conducting both both shows. So SmackDown and Raw are going to feel through Bruce Pritchard and his producer team. And then the final decision still goes to Vince in the end. So at first it was quite shocking that they sent this through. But after I thought about it, I was like, it makes sense um, for Heyman to get demoted. But I don't like the fact that Pritchard is the head of both shows. I don't like that at all. That leads me to think that eventually the shows will be combined and then even more people won't be seen on TV. But at the same time, in my mind, I was like doing the pros and cons. I was like, if they do that, then NXT guys that come up to the main roster really won't have a place to go. Like there won't be a place for everybody to shine. So they have to have separate shows running in order for everybody their piece of the pie, if that makes sense. Even with the rosters being as small as they are. Now, from what I read and what I understand, Paul Heyman was semi-frustrated with the job because it was very high stress. Um, He would come in to work occasionally and he would be happy. There would be no issues. And then people would see him backstage or in the office and he just wouldn't be There were multiple reports of how his behavior would fluctuate backstage, and it depended on who he was talking to as to how he would react and respond with them. Producers, creative writer teams, he was very short sometimes. He wouldn't answer questions, or he was sometimes unreachable. When it came to certain wrestlers, they were like, we didn't have any problems interacting with Heyman. We loved him. We had we had no issues. We would talk things out when we didn't like things. He was very open to listening. One sentiment across the board with everybody was that they were fine with speaking with Heyman because Heyman was open to change. He was open to listening and he was open to making, you know, adjustments to storylines and characters if that was necessary. That avenue was never closed. But where it started to change was how he communicated with certain people and if they could ever get in touch with him. Some would say that they never got in touch with him, that they would sometimes get him, whether um, later or it would be like at least an hour or two or 30 to 30 minutes to an hour to that they would have to wait to speak to him. Others said he would they would speak to him right away 
when they would get a call. So it's very conflicting. Overall, Heyman, in my mind, Heyman just did not deliver when it came to the um to the show. If you watch Raw in the beginning, they came out strong, and slowly but surely, the storylines didn't were non-existent, and the ratings began to decline because of that. There wasn't really much continuity to Raw over the last month and a half. It was pretty chaotic, especially through this pandemic. So when you look at SmackDown, in contrast, they had storylines. Whether you like them or not, there was a continuity with them in their storylines. And then they were progressing into building new storylines that made sense, that was fun to watch. So Pritchard got the job to be the guy to head up Raw, and he's also the guy heading up SmackDown. I see this heading into a collision course of crashing within the next four months. I don't see it working out past that because he's going to burn out very quickly. But you guys let me know what you think about Paul Heyman's demotion because they said that he has now been regaled to being on-air talent He's focusing on that solely. And Brock Lesnar is refusing to work in the conditions of the coronavirus as it is, which leads to me to believe that eventually Heyman will show up on Raw in another capacity. But y'all tell me what you think. Um, Nicole, you go first. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bruce Pitcher. I don't I don't hate him. I just think he's an idiot. Um, and he just lets um, Vince steamroll over him, and I just don't think he has like a great like I don't think he has a great creative mindset as well. Yeah, he might be decent on a business side, but he I don't think he's the greatest creative wise. And again, he is not going to push or shove or anything against the grain, even though he might know in his heart that that's correct. So that's why I'm very concerned. I know a lot of people didn't share the same sentiment, but I liked Raw. I liked Raw better than SmackDown because I felt like it was more like besides like the Charlotte Charlotte literally showing up like every two seconds. Like besides all of that, I felt like um, I felt like Raw was more consistent with having like different matches and showcasing different people and literally not like trying to like try something different even if it wouldn't work out it was still at least it's something different I think my problem is it's like Smackdown is good for entering work and that and I do and like I appreciate that but also like as a complete product I always felt Smackdown wasn't hitting even though um and wasn't hitting because the only saving grace about Smackdown was the whole Bandy Otis everything storyline and I felt like that storyline has been so good. It dripped over into the other factors and it covered and it filled in all the cracks so nothing else looked that bad, even though it was like no one talks about like how like this like yes, we talk about um Brock being a vacant champion, but like where the hell like what the hell is fucking Braun Strowman doing? Or why did um, Bray, like, drop off the face of the earth without no explanation? We know why, personally. Congratulations to him and JoJo. But at the same time, and it's like, I feel like their storylines just, like, drop. 
like you don't get a conclusion to it it's just like it just stops and you're just like that's okay true. so that's that's i have so those are like my problems i have with smackdown the one thing that also saves smackdown is that it's two hours again so if smackdown and raw had the same runtime the ratings would be completely different for SmackDown. And I'm just keeping it 100. I think if it was three hours, it'd be a disaster. And those numbers would be below NXT numbers, in my opinion. Oh. But, um, but for Raw, I felt like we were trying. Like, we were seeing new people like this. Like, regardless of how you feel about Seth, like this, his whole faction whatever he's doing is like super different like thank god we have Asuka and besides the Charlotte show which is everywhere we can't escape that but besides that you think of like all besides Bianca being missing like think about all the different women that's been showcased lately over like the past whatever so he's been there but on Smackdown all I see is Sasha Bailey, Lacey, and Lacey, mm-hmm. and yeah, like where the hell is Carmella at? Like where is oh, and like Alexa and Alexa Bliss and well, Nikki. Alexa Bliss and Nikki, but they hop from here or there and then they'll disappear for a few weeks. So I don't count them as well. Dana, so like I'm neither. And I'm Dana, sorry. like where's Dana? Dana disappeared after she beat Naomi again. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like Raw, and I'm not saying Raw is a perfect show, but at least they were trying. I can't say that for SmackDown. True. So I'm very concerned that the product is going to drop even worse. And... I don't know. They're. I mean, they better be ready to let Bruce go because I'm telling you, it's not going to work out. And I think USA is going to get pissed because apparently USA is not very happy with um, Paul getting demoted. Oh, really now? So they had faith in Paul. And they were sold under the contingents that their show was going to be different from Fox. So... You would expect to have somebody heading up your team over having someone who heads up both because now both shows are going to have a similar tone and that was not what they were sold on. They're already on competing networks and now you've got one guy heading up both shows and he has to be able to create two separate tones to these shows. Raw had its tone, SmackDown had his. They were very different. And I agree, both shows have their flaws, but if you like one over the other, it's usually personal preference with most people. It really isn't about, like, you can break it down by the flaw, but every flaw SmackDown has, Raw has a flaw that isn't necessarily comparable, but it makes sense what's going on with their show. You can run it down, and then you can run down what's wrong with SmackDown show. The overall tone of each show is different, and they're going to have to, and Bruce is going to have to deliver on both ends. That is a lot of pressure. They should have just hired somebody else. If they didn't want Haney to be in there, in there as the guy, 
then they should have hired someone new or somebody that was furloughed, bring their asses back and let them do the job. Because it doesn't make sense to me to have Bruce Pritchard be the one to head up both shows. Fox is going to be mad too because their show is going to suffer because of that. So they better get their shit together. They fucking up everywhere apparently. So I'm going to look at this from like another perspective. Um, I, and I think I've said this before, but right now ratings on both shows have gone down. Um, I was not aware of USA not being happy with the WWE. Um, no, they're, they're okay with the WWE. They're only, they're mad about this. This is what they're pissed about. They're, they don't really care about ratings because Raw's been on there so long and they know because like the virus, not many people are going to be like into wrestling, especially without being without a crowd for so long. Right. They're upset about Heyman being gone. Okay. That's their big right. I just want to know, though, what are they? <sighs> okay. How can I put this? Um, they just pissing off everybody at this point. Like, mm-hmm. the fans are def- the fans are not happy because viewership is down. And, you know, at the same time, I get it because people really aren't in the mood to watch wrestling all the time. And to be honest, last night when we were watching Backlash, oh, I gotta get a new one of those. Um, when we were watching Backlash, it really kind of took me out because, yeah, there were people yelling and screaming, but I'm like, like I'm, I'm, I can understand why people are like, I just can't get into it right now. Um, they need to figure something out. I don't think it's a good idea for one guy to do both shows because that is going to lead to burnout. Hang, hang on a second. My little fisher fisherman's. Kind of tucked it out right now. No. <laughs> so, so she'll be cute right now. Um, I I'm getting back to what I was saying though, because mom. Um, I really think it's a bad idea that they're having one dot guy do both shows. Um, because it is gonna overlap, and I really hope it doesn't come to the fact that they're going they're going to put everybody back on one roster. I don't think they'll be big fans of that because this has been going on for almost a decade now, right? Over a decade since they split shows. They've split and gone back together and split and gone back together. Okay. Um, No. What was that? Wasn't me. I just heard someone go, Shayna! Like, Ooh. Oh, sorry. No, I turn. I I just muted this match. Okay. <laughs> um, I know they resplit it back in 2016 because that's when they did the Raw SmackDown titles and all that jazz. Um, they I if they if they put it back to one show, it's gonna be absolutely disaster. You're only ha- gonna have certain people, and it's still gonna be like. Only certain people show up on, on Raw or SmackDown. And then I'm like, well, what's the point of having one roster then? It was fine when everything was split up. 
And then I agree with Tiff. If they get, what's the point of being called up from NXT if you're not going to be used? Exactly. Yeah, you might as well just stay in NXT. Facts. And that might as well just be its own brand and not have any more call-ups. And, right. you know, because they're like, there's, it's a third brand. Well, then, you know what? Treat it like a third brand. Keep it to its opposite shows. Like, y'all already have called up NXT talent who, in my opinion, weren't ready to come up. Agree. And then the ones that were ready, like Shayna, where the fuck is Shayna Baszler? At home somewhere, I guess. When we were the only people, and I keep going back to the six, like the six that they called on, like the Lacey, Heavy Machinery, Nikki, EC3, and God, that felt like so long ago. And who else? Right? Who's one? And it was only what a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It was last year. The only Finn, people out of was the, first... the only people out of that who was ready, in my opinion, was Heavy Machinery. Those are the only people yeah. who were ready. And no one else in that. Saying. And I love Nikki Cross, but she was not ready. Um, none of. Again, yeah, heavy out of those six people, in my heavy machine are the only people who were ready. And, and they were, and you can tell because they were fucking weird, and some of the audiences were like, what the fuck is this? But they got behind them quickly because heavy machinery, like, believed in themselves, and they were, believed in their gimmick, and I hate using that word, and well, believed because- in, like, what they were doing. So people got behind them so pa- so fast. <laughs> The gimmick Same thing with the street profits. Yeah. The gim- well, if you want to, I don't like the word gimmicks either, but I mean, it worked. With the street profits, it connected with the crowd. Montez is a fucking gif and meme waiting to happen. Always. Oh, like his reactions last night were, were great. Um, <laughs> poor Nick, poor Nikki floundered until they put her with Bliss, and everyone was thinking Bliss was going to turn on her, but they're actually a really great tag team together. Um, you know, and. Like, I like heavy machinery because it's, like, very blue-collared guys, and I, that's, and how many, everybody's fucking blue-collared anymore. Like, there's more, there's more blue-collar workers than there are white-collar workers, so if we're going to go with that, we'll say that. And they're, it's believable, and, like, fucking, and the same thing happened with, with Tucker in NXT. He was floundering, and so was um Dawkins until they put him with Montez and um Otis. And then they made them a tag team. But they're, it's just like, what's the point then if, you're, if they're going to merge the shows together? Because even if they do put different people who are on the same roster and they put different people on SmackDown and Raw, what was the point of even mer- merging them together? Like, that makes no sense. I can understand it when it was like a couple of years ago when the roster was so paper thin, they had no choice. But now the roster's too, there's too much. And we're already not seeing people who we want to see. Like, where the fuck's Ricochet? Where the hell is uh, fucking Bianca? Where, where is everybody? They're on fucking main event. I don't want to... I, I want to see them on Raw or SmackDown. I want to see them in, like, the main event match or at least one of the best matches of the night or something like that. Not, like, a five-minute match on... My thing, it was Bianca. I think they're hiding her until crowds come back. I agree. I think, again, I hate that word. And they're going to have her go against whoever has the championship at that time. 
yeah. which in my opinion is smart. Yeah. Because it's like you don't want her just flouting or flouncing around. Especially with and the then type of star power having, she has. And then her just doing whatever. And then by the time like you really want to push her, it's just like random. Where you can right. just like keep her on main event and this stuff. Like people still know her. And then once we start cycling back in, they're like, okay, we can start bringing her back to the crowds. That's the same thing with Liv Morgan. Keep them on a side so they're not affected by all the dumb shit. And I mean like dumb shit like all of the stuff with like Charlotte and they don't know all the weird stuff going on. So by the time they come back, it like they can actually do stuff with them that they really need to. I I I just don't like where this is going because Raw and SmackDown, you're right, Raw and SmackDown do have two separate feels to them. Raw has a to it. SmackDown, I feel it like to me, SmackDown's more lighthearted. They don't really have like any heavy storylines. Over on Raw, it's like that's you know, it's the nitty gritty. Yeah. Because you know it's Monday, people are like stressed out from work or whatever. And they're just, they're, we want to watch Raw. And then SmackDown's like at the end of the week when they're like, okay, let everybody relax. Let's everyone just have a chill night, that kind of thing. But if they start having the same feelings together, then some people are going to turn off. Because I know some people who only watch SmackDown and I know some people who only watch Raw. And that's because there's certain athletes on SmackDown they like and there's and they don't really like anybody on Raw. Which I can understand, because everyone's got choices. But, um, I don't know. I think Pritchard's going to burn himself out, and then they're going to be back at square one. Um, no, go ahead, um, Nicole. No, I was just saying, yep, I 100% agree. I just, I don't see this working out in long term, and I... I hope that is a short-lived stint. I think I want it to be temporary. And they need to keep the tone of the show the same for Raw. They don't need to change the tone of the show. Um, I personally want you to have better storylines. And I want to see more women um, storylines. You don't always have to have the belt involved to have a story. They that with Bay and Sasha. So they definitely be able to do that on Raw. You've got plenty of women there. Nia, Shayna, Liv, Ruby, Bianca, Natalia is there. Um, you've got plenty of avenues to go. There are plenty of different ways you could structure it. You're not trying to have the story take over the Raw Women's Championship. But if the story is good, why are you hiding it and stifling it? Y'all need to do something. Because at the end of the day, you need to be appeasing the fans and the network. Everything else is white boys. So if you're going to give us a reason to watch the show, and if all y'all going to keep doing is just going by what you think works, you're going to continue to go down in ratings. Furthermore, the coronavirus is a factor that has nothing to do with your piss poor um, showcasing of superstars. Um, I'm glad that they gave Apollo an opportunity to be champion. I'm glad that they're pushing the narrative of being able to start building new stars because that could have been happening years ago. Mm-hmm. But they 
Because y'all just got work to do. We're going to move into some more creative news. Now, last week or a week before, I remember because life, um, Chris DeJoe was fired from WWE. There was no reason why. They just reported that he was fired. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you yeah, actually, who, who got fired? Chris DeJoseph. He was one of the people, I believe he was on the SmackDown. He was the lead writer for SmackDown. And he was released on May 29th. They did not get And he worked detail. at for Lucha Underground, too. Yeah. He has a pretty extensive writing career. For Lucha Underground, he wrote for a lot of reality shows like Big Brother and... He's pretty, you know, pretty solid in terms of his writing. Hold on. It's just, it seems to me that WWE is having a very hard time finding someone to take the reins of control because we had Bischoff and Heyman come back on on the creative team at the same time. Bischoff really didn't do anything, and he got fired. Or he got released, or whatever you want to say it. And now Heyman's going back to being on TV, which I don't know how they're going to work out, because I really don't see... Because there's not a whole lot of factions on Raw or SmackDown right now, but like the ones who, the ones who are, like Zelina Vega's group's about to have a breakdown. Um, you have Seth with his followers. You have... Um, I'm trying to think of someone else who's like not a tag team, but like actually has like a like a group of people that's like forming. But you know, but like where is he gonna fit in at? Because you know he's been Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece for the last few years. I really can't see him trying to fit in with any of the people now. Because what are they gonna do? Make it a joke that's like we're not gonna be with you because you're 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 Brock's dude. But um, I think Heyman can fit in with anybody. I just, you I'm just kind of right now. Heyman can elevate anybody. One thing about Paul Heyman that I will say, even though he's a dirtbag at times, mm-hmm. he's very good at his job when it comes to management. Before he was like CM Punk's manager, and before he was um, Lesnar's advocate, he was managing Curtis Axel, and he did a pretty decent job. Axel had a decent run when he was with Heyman. After that is when his career started to break down. So I think any superstar he decides to go with or WWE puts him with, whatever Heyman does, it's always going to elevate them simply because of who he is and what he can do in terms of their career. Um, If I had to pick a person that I would pair with Heyman, if Austin Theory was not with Seth Rollins, I would put him with Theory, and Theory would be built up. Um, I probably would pull somebody from, um, um, I don't know who's there. If the idea was to turn Drew McIntyre to a heel within the next couple of months, I would put Heyman on, on Drew just because as a heel, sometimes Drew can be a little abrasive, but in the bat in a bad way. And you need somebody like Heyman to kind of help edge him along a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I I get what you're saying, but my my big question is, 
why is it seeing that like WWE can't seem to keep their creative because you can have great athletes. I mean, WWE actually has some of the what is if not one, but some of the best talents in the world. Um, but and that's great. You can have all the great guys you want, but if there's no if there's no good McIntyre is a dominant champion, no one's gonna care about you know shit like that without good writing. And it's just very curious to me on why it seems like when they prolonged all those writers or they released all those writers and now they demoted Heyman and they're throwing everything to Bruce. And I'm like, that that just seems really weird. Like, why can't you, why can't you keep your creative control under control? Like, that's what I, that's what, that's just what's kind of curious to me. Like, well, well, my thing is, I don't think they're letting them, I don't think he's letting them have enough free reign. I think it's still hard for him to give up control when it's like you're hiring these people to do a job, so let them do their job. True. But at the same time, you some of these incidents are isolated. So yeah. when it comes to Bischoff, Bischoff was not prepared to do the job that was necessary. He thought he just had to show up and go to meetings every once in a while. Yeah, he didn't think he had much responsibility, and he has a lot. And then on top of that, it was his fault as to why he got fired. That was not on WWE. So in that case, that's a separate incident. When it comes to Heyman, I think Heyman was just, he he probably felt stifled because it seems like he had no issues interacting with the superstars or the producers when it came to them, making sure that they can make this right and then send it up to Vince. But we all know that Vince is a hard ass and he wants things his way. So if he's dropping shit back down, back and forth, he's like, this isn't right. We're not going to do this. The frustration is probably what caused Heyman to break down the way that he did. It's a high pressurized um, job that you're going to be in, especially when you're dealing with somebody like Vince McMahon. And when you're not prepared for that, you having to do this, Bruce Pritchard, he might be a, um, a little bit of an asshole sometimes, but he is more prepared to deal with this because he's just going to do whatever he wants. He's not going to buck against the grain because he's like, I'm going to get my paycheck. And if Vince wants them to be standing out there like a Sambo, then, well, they out there being a Sambo. That's just how he approaches it. At least that's how it's perceived. So when you look at somebody like Heyman, who's more so willing to go against the grain, and then when he does, 90% of the time, he's going to be penalized for it, no matter if it's good or bad. That can be creative frustration. Like, that can take you out of your element, which leads me to believe that that is what was happening. And they were just like, look, you're not producing what we thought you were, and we feel like this job is affecting you more so than we needed to. So we're going to go ahead and demote you and give it to somebody who can handle it. I don't know. I just, I just find it very, and I know it's frustrating because we've, we've heard the stories of Vince tearing up the script, the like two out, like at 15 minutes before the show goes on air and he rewrites that. And I can understand that from a creative point that's very frustrating and he, and it can weigh on you, but it just, it just seems that, and I'm not saying they have to sit there and sing Kumbaya because I'm pretty sure it's never been like that in the back. Um, when it comes to script writing or whatever, or 
booking or what or producing whatever but they have they have to get on a level because if the product's suffering people won't watch it and like i said people will I people won't watch it. You can and that's the problem with AEW. You can have some great athletes. That's wonderful. But like if you're letting a guy piss off with the belt for like four to five months and you don't have anything for these guys to fight for except the United States title on Raw, then and I know you said Tiff belts don't have to be involved in everything. No, but you, I- you have to have something to fight for. Like and when it comes to that though, that I understand. So I don't dispute that, and I've made that argument many days, especially on this podcast and in just our normal conversations in general. What I mean when I say belts don't have to be involved in every dispute is when you start speaking like, well, what are we going to do with Bianca Belair? Well, you've got at least seven females back there she could feud with. Create something. Is that not what you do every day? Now, I'm pretty sure creative has come up with concepts for superstars backstage to have a feud, and it has been shot down because they don't like it. The issue here isn't necessarily with creative. The issue is with the higher-ups who are in control of what is seen on TV. So it's not difficult for us to be like, okay, maybe something else needs to be done here. And you're right. Their turnover rate for their executives and their creative team is abysmal, which means employee retention is down. That also means that morality is down in the WWE. They are not secure in their jobs, which means they are not happy in their jobs. So you're not going to see a good product because they're not in an environment that produces good products. So WWE has to start making changes internally that will reflect outward. If you don't do that, then you're going to be stuck where we are where it's always hit or miss. And every time you watch, you don't know what we're going to get. We're always stuck in this limbo of, is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? Oh, thank God. It was something to watch. And then you have that same anxiety when you watch it that next week. Is it going to be good? Oh, God, it sucks. It's terrible. Jesus, you couldn't fix this. This was simple. Like, it's always going to be like that until they get their shit together. I don't know what Vince thinks he's going to be able to do. But in this day and age, with everybody being able to voice their frustrations, whether it's like we are on the podcast or on social media, the noise gets louder because more people are joining the fight. So he's got to do something. If I was him, I'd be releasing the ranks because I would get tired of getting blamed for everything that's fucking up this company. I would get sick of that shit. So if I was him, he needs to do it like he had it before. Make his kids the commissioners of the show. You had Stephanie on Raw. Put Shane back in SmackDown. Let them be the last line of defense when it comes to making changes to creative. And if it doesn't work or if you see things aren't flowing for a week, for three or four weeks at a time, then you step in and make changes. But you're coming in every week and changing shit down to the last minute. Entire scripts are being scrapped. So... He's got to do something. That Those kids are there. They've been working in this company since they were teenagers. Let them do what they've always done, which is save your ass. Mm-hmm. Let them be the heads of this damn show. Triple H runs NXT, and most of the time, 
NXT does its goddamn job. It is the type of show that it has bred itself to be. Yeah, there are going to be some times where the storylines you don't like, but that happens with all wrestling promotions. Most of the time, everything is executed down to the T. I ain't saying WWE, in terms of Raw and SmackDown, need to follow them to the letter in terms of their fast-paced matches, their run-in-the-mill type of storylines. No, but they do need to follow their their um, implementation of how their system works because superstars should know how their stories start and where they end so that they can prepare and it can be executed properly. When you leave them like that open to the wind every single week, it leaves windows open for a mistake. And they need to fix that. Agreed. I just, I don't know. I just really, not when you were just talking about like, you know, all that stuff you said, Tiff, I honestly like got scared because like we don't we don't want the shows to be the same and it's like they need and you know what if NXT's the one that's not doing like stupid storylines or they seem to have their shit on on pack they need to take whatever model Triple H is using and I'm, I'm I don't know if everything goes through Triple H before it gets done but he also has it people does. back okay then you need to do that if it's if it is Stephanie and Shane and they're not on screen then someone needs to be that line, last line of the force and be like, okay, this is good. This is good. This needs to get redraft. Um, we're scrapping this completely because this is just dumb. Because I will say this, writers can get a little sensitive, and some of them think that they write the best stuff ever. <laughs> but in reality, it's trash. But they, they need to do something because it's just like people have short attention spans especially wrestling fans, because we're so used to storylines going, like going at a certain pace. But now, and even before COVID hit, it just felt like they were dragging. And it's like, okay, what is the payoff to this? Like last week on SmackDown, Mandy finally got back at Sonya. It wasn't even anything that great. It was just her showing up on the Titantron going nana, 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 pretty much. And I was just like, that's, that's what we're doing now. Like, she just couldn't walk out there and, like, stand on top of the key or whatever and just keep her arms crossed, and that would distract Sonya. Like, that would have made more sense instead of just going up on the Titantron and, like, saying some, like, middle school shit to her, like, oh, you're fake, you're this. I'm like, that's that's all you got? That's all you got? That for months about Mandy, but I don't, I don't know. I think eventually they just, like... Well, we got to pull back on this Mandy Rose and Sonya storyline. Or they could have just let Sonya be the victor in that storyline because clearly she already was. Just by how she cut her promos and how she conducted herself as a heel, she just blew Mandy's ass out the water. And it just made her regale to Otis's sidekick. It, even Otis is outshining her. And that's that's sad. I'm not saying nothing against Otis, but the reality of it is you you should be able to hold your own in any situation that you are in. If you can't do that as a face, if that's not your niche, then you need to you need to find a way to make this work out in your favor. Because, I mean, we drag on CM Punk all day long. But even CM Punk was put in situations that he didn't necessarily care for, but he executed that shit effectively. Now, you may not like them. You may not like the way he conducts himself, but that's the truth. When we were watching it, at least when I was watching it, 
there was no indication that there was anything going wrong until that Nexus situation came up. And he sat on the stage and cut that promo. Mm -hmm. That was the only time I was like, okay, something, something ain't right. Like, something ain't right here. Like, he really upset. Like, he's really pissed off. And I'm just like, if those those type of things happen all the time, superstars are not happy with storylines, but they execute what they're supposed to execute. They do it, and they get it done. Dean Ambrose is another one. Perfect mm -hmm. example of somebody who hated what he was doing, but there was no indication on TV that he didn't like it or that he wasn't going to sell it all the way. He sold it 100% to the T. Even the shit with the doctor poking him in the ass, he hated that shit. But he did it on TV, and I'm just like, yo, <laughs> bro. You I know. It's just it's just weird because it's like what, what you guys said about the, the noise getting louder. This isn't like, you know, 1992 where if something happened, you know, they, they wouldn't, they don't, they don't hear us. We would just be sitting with our friends going, oh, you know, that was bullshit. Like, I know I'm a wrestling fan, but I can even see through that crap, you know, like whatever. But now it's like you have social media, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, you have all these social media platforms. And, you know, that's when you need to be tagging people, not bugging Alexa Bliss. That's what you need to be doing. Like, because I've seen people going, hey, WWE, what the fuck was that that I just saw? Like, you know, they're and they're tagging, they're adding them. And they're like, this is bullshit. Like, are you guys really questioning my my intelligence again? Like, but this you're is thing watching it, though. Right. Just watch. So let, I'll put it into perspective. Anybody who's within the earshot of my voice, you hear me now. You don't like what you see on TV. You stop watching it. People don't respond to you on social media because it's just that it's social media. So if you're having an issue with what you see and you can't get over the fact that WWE isn't necessarily being responsive to what you're saying on social media in terms of the collective because this is not just about, like, Alexis as an individual, me or Nicole. Let's just go by the overall census. If we were to take a poll right now, it'd be overwhelmingly on the bad side of what people think of WWE. That's not including the situations with the news that's out right now and everything that's being said about WWE. That's just, just in as a whole encompassed. People are not happy with the product and they're not happy with how the business has conducted themselves. So how do you resonate that into change? The very same thing, and I hate to equate it, but the very same thing that happens when it comes to situations that are social unrest and things that affect us as a society, the only way people respond is by the almighty dollar and what lines their pockets. So if you don't like something, and you're watching this TV show, and you're like, this is not giving me what I want, then you change the fucking channel. Because ratings is what networks expect. And if Fox ratings go down, they will cut your ass in the middle of a show. They will turn it off. Mm -hmm. And be like, WWE is canceled. We're no longer going to be showing WWE. It'll be right then and there that WWE realizes that things have to change. Stop watching the network when you when they say they're going to have a pay-per-view. Numbers have to go down because numbers mean they're not making money. Numbers mean their stocks go down. 
and nobody's going to pay for a stock in a company that isn't going to generate revenue. That is the only way you're going to get them to hear what you're saying. And if it means you have to make sure you start a grassroots campaign to do it, then I do that. Like, start a petition. Do something. Get the groundswell rolling. Start yelling and railing. And if AEW starts doing the same thing, do that to them. But maybe maybe you should consider giving the ratings to the people who would actually give you a storyline you can look get into. NWA Power is on YouTube. So start looking at them. Because even in the mainstream, even with AEW, they have their flaws too. No company is perfect. But at least with MLW and NWA Power, they are who they are. They're not they're not trying to flip-flop and fluctuate into anything new. They're staying in the... When you watch their shows, their stories have continuity. They flow. They go from beginning to end. You see how it starts. You see how it ended. And then they move on. So if you want to see quality wrestling, you still want to see good wrestling, you still want to see storylines, then give your view to somebody who deserves it. Or go back and watch Lucha Underground. But stop watching WWE series. Yeah. Crying in Lucha Underground right now. Well, um, well, apparently MLW is gearing to come back. Uh, so it was Ring of Honor. Oof, they got problems too, though. They got a lot of problems. <laughs> Never mind. Um, New Japan. Oh, shit, that's today, I think. Yes, they're supposed to be taping something with Ring of Honor too, and it's supposed to air soon. But New Japan, low is key, to um, if New Japan hit, so I think it's about to hit. I'm not probably gonna watch WWE for a while besides NXT. Probably, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be the same way. I need I need something different. I personally cannot get into New Japan. I have tried on so many occasions. It's not for everybody. It's just not my brand of wrestling. But if I was to quit watching WWE, I probably would just watch NWA Power and MLW. See, I had a... I stopped watching AEW just because I couldn't take the stupidness going on there. And then it's just like, once I think it's like getting better and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to watch it again. Some other bullshit pops up and I'm like, nope, not watching it still. I think AEW is trying to get as many people on their side in terms of audience and views as possible. And that is the only way I can explain seeing... It's a lot um, of pandering. Yeah, like that's the only way I can explain seeing Vicky Guerrero because to me... She's not going to do anything special for you in terms of, um, like, she her last name, she was married to Eddie. She's not Eddie. So she has her own tenure and her own place in wrestling, and it's not, to me, she shouldn't be there. And if I'm a company and I'm just starting out, I've only been in existence for um, a year, maybe a little bit better than a year. I'm not going to start bringing in old WWE talent when I've got some of the best talent in the world here already. And that's not even not trying to shade AEW, but because they're a young company, they're making decisions based off of what they think 
is going to draw eyes to their company. But the mere fact that they were able to rival WWE in the first place is what drew eyes there. So everything else is just white noise. All they had to do was focus on the talent they brought in. They already had old WWE guys there and in the back. They didn't need anybody else. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Luke Harper, FTR, and anybody else who shows up in AEW doesn't deserve to be there. What I'm saying is there were guys who were already in the back who deserved the spot that you gave to somebody else who already was just leaving another television screen to go to this one. So AEW's problem is what Nicole said. It's a pandering thing. And I really wish they would just focus on the people who are there. Britt Baker has transformed into a true superstar in AEW and they're doing a great job with spotlighting her and Big Swole and making their feud worthwhile and again that feud doesn't have a belt in it it's just them going back and forth so it's not always title focused and that's fine and I'm glad they were able to showcase the women in that way because people have been begging for that shit for months and they're finally getting to it. And then the men's division is just, well, <sighs> wrestling isn't perfect. It has its flaws, but some of these flaws could be avoided is the best way to explain it. The only way I could say for WWE is because they're so mainstream and they're so big and everybody's going to continue to watch it, the only way they will change course is if you stop watching. So if you don't like it, don't watch the program. Stop watching it. Find something else to do. If you're over the age of 25, maybe get you a side hustle. Start selling some of this goddamn lasso tea they got out here. Or, you know, get you some vendors list and start selling some shit on Instagram. Oh Make you a business or something. Go to school, Harvard, offering free classes. You got all this extra time. Extra three hours on Monday. Extra two hours on Friday. <laughs> And an extra two hours on Wednesday. Okay? All this extra time you got. Figure out what you want to do with your life, especially with bringing in extra money into your, your life and your household. Do that. <laughs> Just stop watching it. That's the only way they're going to change is if you stop watching and it. And if you want to watch it, and if you want to watch it and not give them the ratings, just, like, DVR it. Set yeah, because um, the, they don't count the DVRs. So they just count it like, and, and then, then that way you, you can fast forward through it. Watch what you want to watch, and avoid the shit on social media. Structure your social media so you only see what you want to see. That's all you can do. Hey, thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. Okay. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty. WWE has a lawsuit pending against them via their shareholders 
because of this Saudi deal. Now, it's on now. Reasons, yeah. <gasps> there are multiple reasons why this deal has a lawsuit against it, not to mention the monies that was used to allocate it from it, how they got paid. It, the list goes on. But right now, there's a new piece that's been added to this story. So apparently, a released... WWE wrestler, former WWE wrestler, is a confidential witness in this case, clearly for the shareholders. He detailed what happened in Saudi from his perspective, and he was a part of the top 20 that was sent back to the United States, to Buffalo, New York, on that charter flight when all the superstars were stranded in Saudi. According to him, this is what he said. At least this is what the deposition says apparently the rumor that we've heard coming from the dirt sheets and there was one specific guy i can't remember his name but he was the first to report it if i find it i'll make sure i put the note in the description box for this particular episode but he was the one who broke the story in the first place now apparently this man did cut the feed to the saudi show and it was in the beginning because he had not received payments for their last couple of shows and they hadn't gotten paid for the one they were doing just then. So he was upset, cut the feed, and the crown prince was angry. After the show was over, the feed was eventually restored, but after the show was over and it was done with, they were having an out and Vince was gone. They said, this person said, Vince, Brock Lesnar, the old heads like Ric Flair, Jimmy Hart, all of them, they scurried to the charter flights they had, their private jets, and they went on about their business. They were gone in the air. Everybody else was left to wait for their flight to be ready. Now, according to this guy, they it's a male because they did say it was a male. They referred to him as he, okay? So they say they got on the flight. He says they got on the flight, and they were sitting there, and they hadn't taken off. 20 to 30 minutes has gone by. And the pilots sounded distressed and gave a reason that they weren't going to be able to take off as mechanical issues. He then says they were removed from the plane and they were sent inside to wait. And he asked the stewardess what was going on. The stewardess says, it seems someone doesn't want, want us to leave the country. They were not able to take off. And then he says they recalled, he recalls seeing a bunch of guards wearing black militia uniforms and they had guns and they were blocking their exit and they were staring right at the wrestlers. So, this gets worse. Oh boy. He says that he overheard some personnel describing it as a hostage situation. He says that he went to the senior director of talent relations, Mark Carano, and asked what was going on. And Carano told him that the Crown Prince Muhammad bin Salman and McMahon had gotten into an argument over the late payments in connection with June 7, 2009's Crown Jewel, I mean, Super Showdown event. Carano then informed him that McMahon cut the fee, like I said before, and that made the Crown Prince pissed off. He said that they were advised that they would look to look into booking flights on a different airline in a different airport 
um, or wait for the next morning. Now, after a few hours, they came to him and said that him and 10 other wrestlers, cameramen, and agents were put on another flight to Buffalo. He was confused because if there were other planes available, he didn't understand why they all couldn't get on their flight to Saudi Arabia. Okay. He also remembered a bunch of the wives of the wrestlers being concerned about the, um, their, their husbands coming home and what was going on. And he said that they all were aware once they got on the flight of the social media backlash that was happening because they were overseas, but the information was already out. Now, <clears throat> he says that after they got home, they were happy. And then the WWE put out a letter to attempt to remove blame from the company. And he just felt like this kind of helped stifle the wrestlers from speaking out. And they felt like it was going to limit their job opportunities if WWE, you know, because of the way WWE structured the conversation. He then went to go talk to the talent relations and said he didn't want to go back over there. But when he did that, other wrestlers tried to follow suit and they were barred from speaking. If they spoke to them about that, they would end up either have storylines or storylines being snatched to them. They were threatened with their careers being in jeopardy and making money. So a lot of wrestlers felt regaled to the back and just didn't say anything. <sighs> Every, every every time I don't mean to, but like every time something comes out about Saudi, it just gets worse and worse. Like, we're gonna, I'm gonna finish and then I'll let you guys go in on it if that's what you want to do because I I only have a few things to say and I can wait until you guys are finished. Um, the lawsuit then identifies the issues with the broadcasting center that was supposed to be having a partnership deal with WWE. WWE wanted to make some amount of the money with this deal. And there's another whistleblower. His name is CW1. This particular employee um, of the Middle East Broadcasting Center is controlled by the Saudi government. It did confirm that the WWE and NBC could not come to an agreement on their deal. Now, this particular employee is a former WWE employee. He says that the WWE wanted wildly unhappy, wildly unreasonable, um, wildly unreasonable expectations of the revenue it expected from a potential broadcast partner. They proposed 80 million, 180 to 100 million plus subscribers to this particular broadcasting company, and they wanted a lot of money from that. The NBC was like, look, we're only projecting about 6.5 million subscribers at best, and you're going well above that. And we're not, uh, you know, pay for all of this and, and do this deal under that guise that we'll have over 100 million subscribers. It's just not going to happen. They kept negotiating and negotiating, and they negotiated to 15. And WWE was just like, no, we're not going to do that. They were at an impasse with that the licensing fee it was another issue but it just okay. requires more detail that'll make the story easier. 
WWE was having very massive projections and massive um, expectations on what they were going to be able to contribute in terms of getting people's eyes on this product in Saudi Arabia. And the Saudi Arabians were just like, this is not this is not going to be a realistic number for us. We need to go for a much lower projection. And then if it goes above that, we can renegotiate later was the ideal. They weren't, WWE wasn't going to license their material for less than what they quoted. So they were at an impasse, which is why they had the difficulty with licensing their, their um, shows and why their stuff isn't being played in Saudi Arabia right now as we speak. There are many layers to this lawsuit, and after this, I'm just going to let you guys go. There are many layers to this lawsuit, and like I said before, I knew that this was going to blow up in their face. You're dealing with a company who, one, doesn't have the same aspirations in terms of wrestling. They are well behind in terms of who's still wrestling, who they want to see. When you're asking to see guys like Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and that kind of shit from at least two eras ago, you have problems. Bigger Half problems than just Half money. Dead. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I gave you guys the information and I'll send it to the group chat if you want to see it. Well, you let me know what you think. Um it all goes back to that old saying, um, you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Um, and honestly, they just, they, they fuck themselves. That's all I really got to say on it. Cause the more that comes out, the more I'm just laughing, honestly. Um, that, that makes me a horrible person. So be it. No, I'm under the similar sentiments, and I've said this, and I, I think I've said this for, like, almost the entire time we had the podcast. I never thought this was a good idea at all whatsoever. And the more I hear about it, I'm, like, not surprised. So, anything else that comes out of it, again, isn't, like, a complete shocker to me. Um, the thing with the wrestler who um, appreciate him for saying something because someone needs to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just don't know. So my thing is, I just have a problem with how stupid it is. So I know I like make fun of myself and say that I'm dumb, but I think I'm somewhat fairly um, intelligent when it comes to certain things. Um, I think I business is one of them. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. Ooh, I gotta put these back in the fridge. Anyways, um, so my thing is, from someone who's works there, who's uh, because there's someone who's over there, who's in charge. So, in the town. Our company. For, and knows international business, so I'm pretty sure they, they have plenty of people who were hired in for that, either was not, did not realize enough how shitty this was going to turn out, or 
just like let them do whatever because that's what that's what's killing me about this. Like no one had foresight to be like, you know what? I don't think this is the most bang up idea that we have. Let's try something else. That's what I'm concerned about. Like, no one was smart enough to realize, like, this isn't. If my ass, who literally lives in Ohio, and doesn't even have a concentration in business, get from fucking over there, um, can realize maybe through the very minimal amount of research that I've done that this is not a good business practice, then how the fuck do people who get paid at least six, eight times the amount of money I make a year not realize this before they invested all of this time, money, and energy into it? That's what I wonder. And if they can't answer that question, then they have a lot that they need to fix, not just in front of the camera, but behind it. Because there's no way that someone who's mindful and knows international business correctly would have okayed that. Or would have been like, you know, been like, you know what, this isn't that bad of an idea. Like I said, we said before, they could have went to India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have went to China. True. Hell, they could have, I don't know, this might have been too to Africa to um African for them or too black for them. I don't know, they can now since they act like they care about Black Lives Matter. They could have went to oh, Africa. Shit. <laughs> I was thinking about that they early. They could have went to like uh Brazil. Oh there's so <laughs> many Honestly, I went to Brazil because they could have had shit outside all the time and it would look cool. I said that about Africa and people thought I was crazy. I see, you know how dope I see, you know how dope that would look? Yeah. Because I would film everything outside. Kofi went. You know, he's gone in, so he went. And if you want to be real, I mean, you had Ginger Mahal be champion so you can have people in India be okay with him being there. Being there. So why not use Kofi since you use gender and go to Africa? You could have a whole new billions of people. But okay. In Africa, the second most popular sport in Africa right now is fucking wrestling. Mm. You know how huge that is? That just goes back to what you just said. Why is it that nobody who has all this experience in, in this business, why don't they know that? And, how and, and honestly, you know people need, I would have fired so many people because of this. This isn't even funny. I would have fired so many people because this is such a large oversight that is really like this could really fuck the company up. Like, this, so this can fuck up the company, like how that um, concussion lawsuit. Yeah. Could have met them. Like, it's very obviously like two different issues but the gravity of it is similar enough like everybody would have been I would have walked in the I would have walked in there looked at all these people you're all fired I'm done 
can't fire uh-huh. you, Triple H, because you're married to my fucking daughter. And yeah, but he got demoted. You're my grandkids' kids, but I'm going to demote your fucking ass, and that's what he did. I don't mm-hmm. oh, I was... I don't oh. rip everybody a new one. Everybody. They've been scared. It's a it's a bad Fucking idiots over there. It's a bad situation. And it is yeah, right. it's There's stupid. Be, it's so it avoidable. Be no oversight, though. It shouldn't if be. Because y'all should People in your business should be able to chin check you when it comes to that kind of shit. Like, there's no reason why you made this deal in the first place. And before we got started, Alexis actually posed a decent question. She said, if Khashoggi hadn't been killed, would the outrage still be the same? My answer was yes, because that country has had issues before Khashoggi was murdered. That just escalated people's awareness of it. But they had their hand in the pot of dealing out some serious damage to the American people. And if you know this, why would you turn around and then make a deal with them? It doesn't look right. It makes you look bad. And if you're saying, well, we're just an entertainer, you can't have that stance either, love. Because your ass is taking pictures with the fucking president of the United States as a family. It looks like. You are you are thumbing your nose. He's also king of king of bad international business. So you know what? It it doesn't look good. And it makes you look incompetent. Like you are not capable of doing your job. And if that's the case, then we got bigger problems here. Yep. Because that's simple, that's simple business one on one. You do not involve yourself in politics or anything that's terroristic when it comes to business. I don't care who you're dealing with. And when it comes to global business, you have to be very careful of who you align yourself with. Because once you are marked, you're marked. That's it. And y'all have put yourself in a position now where everybody is looking at you like, what the fuck did you do? And instead of you being open and honest and just telling everybody the crown prince fucked us over, which would have been better than you trying to cover shit up. Because we probably would be on your side. Because technically it necessarily wasn't your fault. The crown prince got in his feelings because Vince was like, you didn't pay us, so we're not going to show you nothing until you give us our money. Ain't no wrong with that. But then they tried to hold your superstars hostage and it made it look like you left them over there to their own devices. That's where the fucked up shit came in. And you was on your own private jet and didn't take nobody with you. So, in words of some of my people's like, what's tea, sis? Like, what, what are you doing? Instead of you just telling everybody the truth, you want to get on this campaign of painting everybody else as a liar, and you guys were doing the best you could, and it was just mechanical issues to, one, save the relationship with the Saudis over the care and the well-being of your superstars. And that was a major error. A major error. Because it wasn't just superstars you left over there either. There was some NXT, there was not NXT, but there was some producers, some other cameramen for other shows, 
y'all had all types of people over there that was stuck. So it made it look like all you cared about was in the public, making sure y'all was clean and y'all relationship with Saudi looks clean. So you can help bridge that gap back. But you didn't give a fuck about your superstars. That's not cool. They we they didn't they did it and we we have a whole episode if y'all are new to this to the podcast we have a whole episode of when that shit went down and um, cheap plug put in there so there you go um, <laughs> but no like what was it was was it Carl it was Anderson or Gallo's wife that was like the one of the first people speaking out on social media like my they're they're stuck because that's what people were like. Because I think the WWE got mad at her for saying that, but she was like one of the. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear yeah. you. I thought I got disconnected for a second. She was like one of the very few people who started going. She's like, "Hey, WWE, want to explain why my husband's still stuck in Saudi Arabia when he should or when he or um when he should have been in the air right now? Uh, hey, so they're being held hostage." So hey, they're still they're not allowed to leave the plane, and the plane's not allowed to leave. Want to tell me what's going on? Like she was like one of the first people really going in on it, and then people were just like, "What do you mean they're being held hostage?" And that's when she started posting like the text between her and her husband, um, like t- like her him telling her what's going on, and it's just like to me, yeah, I said in that episode, I said to me it does look like Vince took off because he looked like he really didn't give a shit. He was more worried about getting himself out of there and fuck these other people who are here, even though they're the ones that, that get me my money. Now, like I said before, I am not sure that Vince McMahon was like, he's going to hold my superstars hostage. You get what I'm saying? So when I said in the episode, I just don't think he would do something like that. I'm still of the mindset that he's not that much of a monster, that he would leave his superstars in a war zone-like place where there are no rights for the people who live there. He is well aware of how that country works. He, You cannot tell me that he doesn't know that. He knows that. So for me, in my mind, it's like, it don't make sense. Why the fuck would you intentionally... You cannot strong arm a country like that and then leave your people there. You can't do that. And then expect everything to go over smooth. Like you literally got into an argument, a pissing match with this motherfucker who just cut up somebody. He literally had people cut this man into pieces. And the first thing you thought was, gotta get on my flight. See you guys back in America. No, like that don't sound right. Like one, one plus one equals two, bitch. Like you, you gotta know. Like they literally could have went anywhere. Like they could have went to Jamaica, and if they got stuck there, so what? They're safe. They could go get drunk for a day. Exactly. They could have been taken out on the beach somewhere. Right. They could have made a whole vacation. I'm like, you know what? I'll fly back on Sunday. It's no big deal. Period. Yeah. But you talk, and then too, here's another factor that people forget. So Natalia and Lacey were wrestling over there. And y'all know women don't have a lot of rights over there, nor were they really particularly happy that they were wrestling over there. 
We saw the videos. They were throwing bottles of water at them when they was wrestling, when they came out there to wrestle. All kind of shit was happening to them. The danger that they were in just by staying there after that was over was to me, if anything, if you had said, look, we're having some issues. I don't know what's going on with the airport, but I'm going to take a couple of y'all with me. I will refuel the jet, send it back, and have them come pick y'all up until we can get y'all out of here. I know the things are wrong, but we're going to make sure we take care of you guys, and I'm sorry about that. He did not do that. It looks bad. You have got to make sure that your superstars understand that they're a priority. They didn't feel that way, which is why they went on social media and was going at y'all neck. I mean, Curtis Axel did it. Luke Harper did it. To me, I think Luke Harper had some other motives, but, you know, that's just me personally. But there were a lot of people. Anderson was just like, can't wait to see the, the locker room, who the locker room leader is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, it was very much everybody was on the same page, which leads me to believe all of them have knowledge of this. Of this. They're all aware of this, and the story, if asked amongst all of them, is going to be the same. So, WWE fucked up. And in this case, this could be a nail in your coffin if you don't get this straightened out. And I'm not talking about giving them no money and ending this settlement and then moving forward like this is over. No, I mean really sitting down with your superstars and detailing how you can rectify this so that they feel safe while working in your company. Because if I was them, if we ever went overseas, in any country like Dubai or Saudi Arabia, I would not go. And as it is right now, the U.S. don't really have good relations when it comes to global business anyway, due to the fact that the Orange Cheeto that's in office right now, because we all, <laughs> our entire country looks like we're, we're fucking idiots. I'm serious. We look like idiots. And it's because of him. And his and everywhere we go, we get looked at like that. So you tell me you're a business going overseas. You think people are going to trust what you're telling them? Hell, fucking no. They're going to be like, you put Donald Trump in office. Oh, my God. WWE got to fix this. They got to fix this and they need to start with a superstar. <laughs> it's, not funny. it's not funny, but it is. Like I was talking about earlier, like the jokes, like the jokes that came out of it, like it's funny, but it's real, it's really not funny. Like these people were in, literally in fucking danger, but you just have to laugh about how ridiculous the whole thing is. And I remember someone tried to give shit to about Carl Anderson's wife about saying something. I'm like, um, no. Hello? Why wasn't she allowed to say anything? Yeah. I'm like, that's her husband. Who she has, they have so many kids. They have like four or five fucking kids. Jesus. Like, no, you gotta, someone gotta call me and tell me what's going on. Like, God forbid, what if something happened? Right. The way they made it, see, she made, she said she called and nobody was telling her what was going on. So I guess she figured since y'all won't tell me that, I'm gonna put y'all on blast. Exactly, as she should have. Which, big props to her, man, because, like, honestly, if I was in her position, I'd do the same exact damn thing. I'd be like, where the hell is my husband? And 
don't tell me he's in a hotel because I know he's not fucking in a hotel because I would have heard from him by now. Because the sentiment is y'all know where they at, but y'all not telling us nothing because you're trying to save your own ass. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, Lord. This whole company got to do an entire revamp of how they handle situations. If I was them, I would completely end this damn deal with Saudi. The show they had earlier this year would be the last one I would do. And I would say it's because of the coronavirus. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when we're going to be able to travel overseas. So we're going to end our relationship. You want to sue us? Go right ahead. But ain't no judge in this world going to grant you no money or anything when they look at how this damn thing, how the coronavirus has affected the entire company, just use that. Shit, y'all use it for everything else. Use the coronavirus and get out this fucking deal and start um, catering to your superstars. I'm just like, honestly, I'm really surprised after all that happened. And I know it's just like, you know, their job, like, they already don't have job protection. This is why they really need a fucking union. Because if they had that shit and it, with a union and that crap happened, Oh, oh, that would that would have not been good for Vince. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Well, he don't want no union, you know, because then then he have to answer for the real shit that be happening. Mm-hmm. They gonna hold Vince, the beat fire. And Vince don't like answering to anybody, like at all. Of course not. So my my thing is just get a union going. Because I will guarantee you that shit wouldn't happen. But honestly, I'm, I think it's hilarious um, just for the fact that this is proving how fucking greedy they are and that they really don't care. Which, and this is, and you can leave this part out if this does not set well with you guys. Um, I really don't think they're behind the Black Lives Matter movement as much as they're portraying. Ooh. And I'm, and you can leave that oh, out I if that doesn't. Ten percent agree with that. That's why I didn't want them to say nothing because I don't think I think it's all disingenuous. I think it's Ooh. an act. I think maybe Stephanie does because her and Triple H are a little bit more aware of what's going on, um, especially because yeah. they're kids the age where they're seeing stuff, so they know they need to be informed. I believe um, it from I think, them, and that's it. Yeah, I believe it from, like, Stephanie and Trips. Um, I believe it from Sean, which I can't believe it, even though he actually stood up and had that conversation the other week We're at NXT. Um, I believe a lot of the backstage talent and crew understand that, but when it gets to, like, Vince himself, I don't think he really gives two fucks, and that he's just seeing this as a, a promotional thing that, like, Oh, we'll look good because we'll get behind this movement that's going on. But he really don't give two fucks about it because if he did, he wouldn't be friends with Donald fucking Trump. Uh, I don't know. I I find it very. I I, I just I. Sorry, go ahead. All I'm just saying, if anybody can hear the sound of my voice, y'all. I don't care if you're indie or you're signed to one of them or you're signed to WWE or you're indie. Y'all need to get unions going on. And I know a lot of people are, Alexis, 
you're only seeing your union because your husband's pro-union. Yeah, but unions do 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 a lot of good work for people, and they help your ass. When any other time, if you work for a company that if you got fired, the union will fight for you, even if they think it's that you had they had no terms to terminate you. They can make sure that you get basic health benefits for your job. Like, so, you know, you, you don't have, you have to pay for your insurance, but you don't have to go out and get your own insurance and pay through it. They would force the WWE or whoever to, to give you health insurance. That This is why they need a fucking union. And, you know, they got busted. Their greediness got shown through. And now they're panicking. Because I really do believe more superstars or talent that have been released. I really I think that they're seeing this and they're like, nah, you know what? He's scared, like, nah, it's this time we gotta do this now. Like <laughs> it's gonna be like one of those because this is already what the fifty six hundredth lawsuit the WWE has gotten this like the last three months. <laughs> it's um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be optimistic and hope that there are more understanding of what's happening in this country because I can't wrap my mind around somebody watching a man die on video and not be understanding of what's happening and not be in support of it. And I just feel like your ignorance, if it's, if it's like that, then you are willfully ignorant, and I'm definitely not gonna be okay. We're just hearing some bullshit for five minutes and then you turn around in the next couple of weeks and you change course and do something else. That I'm not okay with. Um, and I would be very pissed if, if that's the case because I will feel like you are only doing that to protect your company and not necessarily be protective of the superstars who work in your company. Some of them make you a lot of money. And they're African American or they're half black or they're mixed, like, you You would have to be more in touch than that, and you can't just live in your mansion in Connecticut and not see it just because you don't live in the areas where they're mostly affected. You need to be more in tune than that, especially when you employ people of different backgrounds and races, and you just, you just should be informed. End of the fucking conversation. So if that's the case and that's what you're doing, then we got beef. I'm dead ass. Like, we're going to fight. I'm not. <laughs> if motherfuckers can quit going to fucking Starbucks with these Frappuccinos because they wouldn't let people wear Black Lives Matter t-shirts, then bitch, me and WWE going to fight because you're not going to disrespect nothing that's happening to my people and just use it so you can kind of skate by. Like, that ain't going down, bro. Like, you got to answer for that. As far as this movement is concerned, we're going to move out of this. Randy Orton, we were talking about it on the last episode, about how Randy Orton changed his tune, because he used to be an All Lives Matter guy, too. And the reason why he changed his tune was because he said, and I quote, it took me a little time, but what I had to do was realize Kaepernick he wasn't shitting on the flag. He wasn't disrespecting the people that have given their lives to our freedom. He was taking a stance against police brutality. I'm embarrassed to say it, but it took me a little while, but I get it. What I said on Twitter, I stand behind. 
if anyone doesn't agree with me, I think they need to do more digging. Go look at Big E's Twitter from a week ago. Go look at Xavier Woods' Twitter. Go look at things Kofi said that Mark Henry said, Shelton, our truth. If you need, if you read what they're saying and try to put yourself in their shoes for just a minute, you're going to see right now that it's not fair. All lives do matter, but like I said, until Black Lives Matter, all lives can't matter. My only regret is that it took me a little bit and some time, soul, some soul searching to see that. I'm embarrassed for you, Randy Orton. I'm going to tell you straight up because it was very clear from the beginning why Kaepernick was kneeling. And I'm very, very, I, I, I don't understand why some of y'all just could not get that. Why you had to go for the flag because y'all Cheeto was telling everybody that the flag was the issue when it wasn't. It was a misdirection. He did that on purpose to change the narrative of why the man was kneeling so that everybody would move away from police brutality and onto the flag. Well, fuck the flag, okay? Because the flag don't stand for nothing anyway. It's got blood on it. Mm -hmm. So fuck the flag. I shit on the flag right now if I could. And I ain't got shit, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm just saying, if the fucking flag, the flag flowing outside on goddamn Statue of Liberty is half mass in the goddamn White House, who gives a shit? Y'all burn the flag every goddamn day. You do shit that's degrading for the flag all the fucking time. The flag not supposed to be sold on clothes. We not supposed to wear it as bandanas. You think mm-hmm. I got them, um, what they call them? Thongs? They got goddamn dick holding thongs with the flag on it. That's it's inappropriate, inappropriate use of the flag. Thank you. And also, and I need people also research the reason Kaepernick took his knee because someone who's a former soldier told him that was a respectful way to protest. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Say it louder, people in the back, so they can hear you. Y'all just, some of y'all just ignorant. And y'all blindly follow anything that people say. Now, and the one thing that really makes me mad, and we can probably move on for this, especially the people who are so gung-ho about it disrespecting our soldiers and blah, blah, blah. And I know Tiff could agree with this probably because she's also from a military family. Y'all don't give a fuck about them when they get out. So don't. And they need help. And mm-hmm. Or no one likes to talk about how a good chunk of our homeless population are veterans. Hello. Mm-hmm. Can Noah we, or, you can No, go ahead, Nicole, sorry. No one wants no one wants to talk about that. No one's talk about how it's they have the worst health benefits Hello. about mm-hmm. how it's so hard for them to get basic care. Preach let alone if they have medical issues, which my father does have, how difficult that is to get that taken care of because you can only go to a VA hospital. And sometimes, depending on what area you are, if you're in a smaller area, you don't have a lot of specialists in that can take care of you. So you have to go way out your way to get something to take care of, where if they had gave them better medical insurance, oh, they were out, they could go just find a specialist or a doctor nearby that could take care of them. Or they don't help them, or they don't help them with exiting, um, no, any exiting don't. like um, counseling when they're gone or send them, send them up so they have PS, PTSD or especially those who can't work a normal job because they gave portion of their life or their bodies and 
can't hold normal jobs within mm-hmm. society, but we don't set them up so they can be able to heal from this mentally and physically, but be able to find something to help have them live a meaningful life without them ha- not having some of the stuff that they had before. But no one wants to talk about that. But you want to get mad about someone um, f- healing for a fucking for a fucking goddamn flag that a slave knitted. And we're also going to go there. So fuck that Betsy bitch because she only did some of it and her slaves finished it. But no one, again, no one wants to talk about that. Did not know that. I didn't know that. And yeah, for that, I didn't know that. The interesting thing that I find to be that that I'm like, y'all worried about veterans and flags. Well, let's just put it into perspective. My father is a veteran. My father has... When my father was in the military before I was born, he went blind for a while and regained his sight somehow, God willing. After that, my father had a lot of health issues. He had lost a lot of weight very quickly, which I think could have contributed to the issues he had with his blindness. He has high blood pressure and a lot of things that are happening to him now all stem from his time in the military. Now, you fast forward to when I was in high school, I was 18 years old. My father was living off of a check. He had to stop working because he has kidney failure. So he stopped working. And he was living off his disability that he had from his job at Kaiser. My dad was was getting $360 every week. When you have to deal with a household that have three teenagers in it and a wife you have to take care of. And she was in and out of working. That's That's not a lot of money to take care of all of us. So when you put that into perspective and he's going to the VA so he can try to go get his benefits that he's owed because he did, he was in the military. It took them a year and a half to give him his money. Okay. A year Mm -hmm. and a half. Now granted they had to back pay him, but my father had to go to the hospital at least every month, almost every two weeks, trying so that they can test him, see what his records look like. Where he at right now, he got denied twice. And y'all only concerned with this goddamn flag that half of y'all be burning. Mm-hmm. Literally burn. And that's all y'all care about. Y'all don't care about the people who coming back from overseas and ain't got but one arm and one leg. Some of these people are burnt. They're burned. What about the girls who be over there in the military getting assaulted? All these females that's getting raped and assaulted. Nobody's talking about that shit. The trans people who are being railroaded in the military right now for just being who they are because Trump's telling the rhetoric that they use in the military to go get their surgeries, which is not true. Okay? Y'all railroading the LGBTQ plus community in the damn military. You don't want them to serve because you fear that they're going to somehow do something to people, never mind all the heterosexual assholes who can't keep their dick in their pants for five minutes because they're raping people. That's what you can Not only are they raping the women in the camps, you think about all the local women. Yeah. Especially when you go back even as far, like, back in even, like, the Vietnam days. That's how all them those mixed kids came about. They Y'all only concerned with what you see. You don't even make sure you have all the information. And that's a problem. 
at the bare minimum, at least Randy Orton was man enough to come back and say, I was wrong. And I meant what I said, and I was wrong of what the stance I took before, and now I understand. But you should have came to that fucking conclusion before. Because all of that information that you had was available to you then, just like it is now. It took five more people to die, and seven of your peers to get you to understand that this ain't about no flag. That's embarrassing. And he was right to use that word because that was the right word. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Um, one more thing and then we can we can keep going or we can move to backlash. Um, if we could just touch back on the troops real quick, how y'all are so quick to support them and buy stickers and put them in your car and all this shit. Um, my uncle served in Vietnam. And I just want to say the people who are sitting here saying that they were supporting the troops over in Vietnam, you are the same motherfuckers that spit on him when he came back and called him a child killer. So I want some, I want y'all to think about that. Facts. And now we can move if on. If you want to support your, troops, support your troops, donate to help them get the proper mental uh, mental health counseling um, help trying help try to get these homeless veterans off the fucking street. If you're not doing that, I don't want to hear fucking shit about nobody disrespecting a fucking flag. Send, period. Send, send care pack like what are you sending care packages to the troops? I used to do that. I would go to fucking get baby wipes and coffee and inst- like insta coffee shit. Send it to them. Um, you know where's your support when they come back? where I'm the one seeing in a hospital that they got hooked on drugs because they have such such bad PTSD, they can't function without getting a hit. And now they're addicts because they had no one to help them or people turned them away or they got they got told to get over it. You did your job. Don't 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 come at me with that fake support, because unless you've seen it firsthand or you've had a family, a family member who's experienced it, you ain't you, you're talking out your fucking ass. And that's and that's just all I have to say. Well, let's move into a lighter note, because that I'm, backlash came on Sunday. And I didn't have a problem with the show. It had some odd spots, but um, Brandy Orton and Edge's match was really good. And the I it was. I saw so much shit. <laughs> it was so surprising to me. But now I'll, I'll, I'll start with Brandy Orton and Edge because now everybody was like, that match was five star. It was so good, but it wasn't the greatest match ever. I honestly, I have to say it, it's one of my favorite matches, and I liked how they used different wrestlers' finishers to end to try to end the match. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. So, what did y'all think of Orton and Edge's match? Um, I really have no complaints about it. I thought it was pretty good um unfortunately edge is gonna be out for a while so um 
but I, I think, yeah, those suck. Yeah. Um, One thing I don't, I saw the bruise on his arm, and I don't know, because see, sometimes they always swerve us. Like, one minute, it'll be a true injury, and then the next minute, it's just, it was minor or it was a kayfabe injury. So, I'm going to wait until they make the official announcement so we can gauge what exactly is going on. Because it could be storyline. Because you know how WWE is. Right. Um, I think it's funny because they trolled us. So it wasn't too... And I'm really upset I missed this. So it wasn't to have the greatest wrestling match ever. Is to it was to pay homage to all of the what everyone thinks are the greatest matches ever. Right. Yeah, we. I had a friend over last night. Um, hey, Linus, I know you're listening now. Um, I had a friend over last night. He's like, somebody needs to call Ric Flair and tell him uh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get a Ouija board and call up Harley Race and Dusty Rhodes because I think they have something to say about it. But um, I, I kind of like that. The only thing I didn't like about the match is that it ended on, like, Orton giving Edge a low blow. I told which I was you like, really? I told you that. I think they're going to have a best out of three series. Yeah. If he if he's not injured, he'll be back. And they'll probably have their final culmination at, so, at SummerSlam. This isn't over. They're just going to – either they're going to wait it out or – He's going to go away for a little while, not be a part of Extreme Rules because he doesn't want to do anything that could really injure him, and then come back for Survive for SummerSlam. I knew it was going to end like this. I knew it. Because Orton is a dirty player. He always has been. But Edge used to be one, too. So it was like you just had to figure out who was going to do it. And it would be playing more in Randy's field than it would Edge's at this point. Um, Kim, I, I was kind of really disappointed in the Asuka and Nia Jax match um, just because the ending was just so weird. I didn't get to see the ending of that match. So for some reason, my, my WWE cut out Right when they got ready to end, when that came back in, she was holding the belt. And I was like, okay, so she won. It was a double count out. So so I think it might have been a botch. Where did the botch come? Well, because I think the I don't know. The ref was acting really weird because I went back and and rewatched it today. So it'd be fresh in my head. And, um, the ref was acting really weird. It's like he kept missing ref spots. And correct anybody who thinks it's different, please correct me if I'm wrong. And then it's like Oscar like got in the ring, but it looked like he was trying. He went from the one, two, you know, like the typical count. And then when I'm watching it, it looks like when he got the seven, and then Oscar was like going to get back in the ring, he went eight, nine, ten, like really quick, and oh. rang the bell. I'm like. <laughs> what the fuck just, what? And, like, me and Oscar had, like, the same look, like, what the 
fuck just happened? And we're like, because I think either Naya held on to her for too long, and then the ref would just got something like, okay, hurry up and end the match. It's already going over too far or whatever, because you know Vince or whoever's screaming, I'm in that earpiece. Um, It was just a very... It was a very weird match. Um, I would have, and it's setting up for extreme rules, which I don't, like, where the, how come this candle didn't blow out? Um, uh, it was more like, people were like, I've been seeing it online. People are like, why are we getting Nia versus Asuka? Why aren't we getting Shayna versus Asuka? Because at least they have a little, like, already had, like, a little bit, not a full-blown feud going, but they were involved with each other mm-hmm. and be like the master, like, you know how awesome a fucking submission match between Asuka and Shayna Baszler would be. Well, in their defense, they did build, they did have two avenues they could go in. There was already something brewing with Naya and there's something brewing with Shayna. So they could have went either way, honestly. It doesn't matter. Naya wasn't going to win. But now they're going to, but they're going to set up another match for Nia and Asuka at Extreme Rules. Mm-mm. They're wrestling tonight. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I'll be damned. I might have to watch Raw. <laughs> oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Actually, I might watch. I'm really upset I missed. I'll watch New Japan afterwards tonight. So, um, I don't know. It's just like... I like the women's tag match. I was very surprised that Bailey and Sasha retained. So is that the curse is broken. I didn't expect them to win. And yeah, because once they had a title defense and Sasha didn't drop a title to somebody. Maybe the curse is over. Not going to lie either. Billy had a really good spot. And I was like, really? You tired of us making fun of you? <laughs> the Iconics did, honestly, in my opinion, the Iconics did the best in that match. Well, they were very good. I'm not going to take anything from them. I, I really have no complaints about the matches. Um, I actually like the Lashley-Drew match. I, I thought it. I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't. It was like that whole I don't mind it thing mindset I have. Um, where, you know, and then I just think, I thought it was real good because it's getting back to the Bobby Lashley that I remember that he's, they're trying to make him like this dominant opponent for Drew. I still give him shit. I'm still waiting for him to draw the eyebrows back on him, to be honest with you. Ah! He had he had eyebrows on last night. He yeah. did? Yeah. yeah. I didn't see him because I guess they must have looked a hell of a lot better than the beautiful baby than the um, ones they had on when him and Lana got married. But um, it was actually really good. And then Lana came out and like cost lastly the match. So I'm like tonight on Raw, they need to. This, we just need to disband. We just need to have them disband because maybe now she. I don't know what they're gonna do with her, but I think. And I said this last night to some people. If they got rid of Lana, 
and let MVP be Lashley's manager, we can have at least a decent feud with Lashley and McIntyre for a while. Oh, God. I said decent, not groundbreaking. I don't like that. I really liked their match last night. I hated it. And it's because I'm biased. Honestly, I admit that. I liked it a lot. I before them, they are honestly they were the only match I really. That was the first match I liked. That was on the main card. I I'm like it wasn't my favorite, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, so that was it, actually that was my still on it. I didn't like it. Bobby Lashley still a punk ass ball headed bitch. I don't like it. I'm biased. I can admit that, and I'm moving on. <laughs> um, the street problems and Viking Raiders. I don't know what the hell happened, but that was I great. Don't know what, that's a segment. That is not a match. <laughs> them, but that is a segment because no one. I was so it. confused. Yeah, I was confused the whole time. Like, what is this? I'm sorry. Okay, so I said I was dying. I sent a voicemail to the group chat, and I was like. I couldn't breathe because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and then, like, there was, like, them fighting. Ivar got speared by Dawkins through a plate glass window. There were fucking ninjas. They had that really big seven from NXT, basically the ninja. Ivar summoning chicken legs like he fucking four. <laughs> I just couldn't. And then they hit the fucking dumpster. <laughs> Stop fucking cynical, man. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> oh, God. I was laughing so damn hard. I'm like, I I was like crying. I'm like, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing this, but I. <laughs> and then I thought, because I thought that's Akira Tazala who showed up, and I'm like, it was. Okay, so I'm horrible. All right. Um, but, like, they had that big show. I'm like, where the hell is this going? And then it's just like the tentacle came out from the dumpster. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I really need to know. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to know. So that was just like, that was like a good palate cleanser. And it's just. Time more than the Miz and Braun Strowman. Poor Strowman. <laughs> Why are they doing this to Braun? Like, what did he do? They don't have nothing for him. But they're not trying to build anything. I mean, Bray Wyatt kind of took the wind out of Strowman's sails, if you want to be honest. That was the best thing they had going. Dodo was going to give birth, so he left. And I really didn't give any rhyme or reason to that, which they should have. They kind of let the, like, Bray just, just disappear. It's the match itself. I was confused as the ramifications because I thought it was a triple threat. But it was a two-on-one match. And whoever got the pin would be champion. So even though Ms. Morris was on the same side, whoever was the one who pinned him would be the one who's champion. I was just like, okay. 
They need to break them up. It just... It wasn't good. Yeah, they need to break them up. I'm hoping that Friday, this will be the... Like, what happened Sunday with Miz pulling Morrison off of um, Strowman will be the catalyst to start splitting them up. Hopefully. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We can only hope at this point. And it's nothing against Morrison, but I, like, and I told y'all before, when Morrison came back, I didn't want him put with the Miz. Back with the Miz. Like, Morrison Morrison can make anybody look good. Am I going to say I want to see a Morrison versus Braun? No. But when the roster starts coming back, you know, fuck. I just thought of this. Like, what if it was, like, Survivor Series and everyone and every everything managed to get its shit together and we had like Ricochet versus John Morrison and we get Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo again. Oh, that would just oh I think I killed Nicole. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. And that was it, right? There was nothing else. Yeah. There wasn't much. Yeah, no, to it. nothing else is important. And it ended at 10 o'clock, which I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, WWE. Appreciate it. You can go to bed at a decent hour. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. Ain't got no more. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. From the casual listener to the regular Goldie but Odie, we love you all and we thank you. Now, if you want to find us on our various social media and website platforms, here we go. You can find us on Instagram at D4TC underscore podcast or on Twitter where we're the most vocal at Down for the Count 19. Or you can follow us on WeLoveWrestling.com where our very own Nicole is a contributor. The website is full of information from reviews of AEW to MLW to um, WWE to NWA Power, Ring of Honor, you name it, it is up there. The news is up there and all the contributors work hard at making that website just go round and you would be hard pressed to find anything that isn't good on there so go to we do we love wrestling.com and get your fix of wrestling i promise you you will not be disappointed with all that being said i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of down for the count and be sure to look out for our next episode where we talk about everything about wrestling and more so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time